Welcome to your shelf or mine or mine. <laughs> I'm Becky Standall, youth services librarian at the Longview Public Library. I'm Jennifer King, technology librarian at the Longview Public Library. And I'm Daniel Tate, library tech at the Longview Public Library. Yay. This is fun. Uh, the first time we are doing like three people. Yeah, breaking ground. <laughs> yeah. So today we have so much to talk about. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about The Shining, um, and probably a little bit about Doctor Sleep too. But before we get into that, we could just do some like brief updates from the library. Okay. So um, we've got like kind of like the one big thing we have coming up is that we're doing trick-or-treat in drive-thru on Halloween. It's 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can just drive drive through our library drive through in a costume, and the kids uh, will get some candy and a free book, courtesy of the Friends of the Library and Longview Rotary. And then also, we've been talking about um, partial reopening in November that I don't have any details about um, today, but look for that news do you guys have anything else to share i don't that all <laughs> sounds great to me i'll be at the the uh halloween drive-thru so see y'all there <laughs> great okay and i have to drive through just to see your guys's costumes yeah i'm gonna be a yeah. bee or a wasp like in the oh. shiny the book Ooh. not the movie oh yeah the wasp. <laughs> oh yeah the wasp <laughs> okay all right, The Shining. Let's get into it. Let's start with talking about the book. Sounds this good. is my paperback copy that I've had for a long time. It's from, you know, probably before I was born. And uh, I read this book before, like, 12 years ago, maybe. Um, so it was a reread for me, but I'd never seen the movie until a few days ago. I read the book maybe... 30 years ago mm -hmm. and I saw it well after I saw the movie so this was also a reread and a rewatch and a rewatch yes and I'd recently read Dr. Sleep and watched the movie so I'm about prepared. I'm about 200 pages into Dr. Sleep I have not seen the movie okay Daniel I uh, read The Shining for this podcast for the very first time. I listened to the audiobook, um, and this was, I think I started in August, um, and I've seen the movie The Shining many times. So first time reader, long time watcher. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I also listened to the audiobook for Dr. Sleep and then watched the movie after I finished the audiobook. So I guess this is the point of the show where I say that we're going to go ahead and, like, talk about spoilers. 
So if you don't want to hear about it, don't. And I say, like, I don't care if you guys talk about, like, spoilers for Dr. Sleep either. I'll still finish the book, and I don't necessarily care that much about spoilers at this point in my life. I've read them all, so I obviously don't care about spoilers. Who, um, was it different, um, um, because you listened to the recording, the audio version, was it different readers for both of them? Yeah, it was. It was, it was funny. The, the Shining was read by, I'd have to look it up, but Mm -hmm. I recognized the voice instantly. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that it was the same person who read um oryx and crake and i like that reader and i was like oh cool and then the yeah the um dr sleep was read by a a different they were both male um yeah um who is will Patton reads a lot of yeah it was will stephen king books yeah it was him will Patton. yeah i like him he reads all the raven the raven boys books Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he's great my favorite reader so yeah one of the, I think like so I read so just comparing like these the shining with Dr. Sleep so far with I've read of Dr. Sleep I feel like the style is really different when I started reading the shining like rereading the shining it was going like really pretty slow for me and I think part of it was like I kept thinking like oh like what a weird book to choose to read right now it's all about like being isolated and like losing your mind and <laughs> hating the people that you're stuck with, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who, whose idea was it to read this book right now? <laughs> um, but, uh, but it is also kind of like a, sl- a slower book. I don't think, like, Dr. Sleep is just like, it seems like, like the pacing is really quick or maybe like the style is more modern. So it's um, been easier to read it a little bit. I also think like the shining is so much in like all of the characters heads that sometimes it's just like you need to like take a break from them. Also did a lot of comparing in my mind to Pet Cemetery that Elizabeth and I um, reread last this time last year. You have a lot of similar similar themes. Dads, kids just making terrible choices. And I think the ending too where it's like somebody is trying to get to somewhere else to like prevent a thing from happening and they just like can't really do it in time. But yeah, what do you guys think about the book? So, since it was it was it was a long, you know, since it was so long since I had read it previously, I really had forgotten a lot of it cuz really all, you know, I've seen the movie a lot more. So it was, it was kind of like re, I mean, reading it for the first time. I mean, it was very familiar, but, but yeah, I was surprised at how much it was. A lot of it was internal, internal dialogue. So when I watched the movie again, I could see how that part would have been kind of hard to film. But yeah, I got, I got through it pretty quickly. I felt like it, you know, it, it did go pretty i was comparing between um the shining and and dr sleep i was just thinking about you know how young stephen king was when he wrote the shining and then all of the experience that he's had since then of you know and then writing this new one Mm -hmm. and i believe he's a recovering alcoholic yeah so he wrote the shining when he was like really deep in his alcoholism and I think like 
was addicted to cocaine as well. And so, yeah, it's like really, really concerned about addiction. I feel like that's the main storyline in The Shining. And yeah, and you, and Dr. Sleep takes like a, a perspective that's more of like a recovery perspective. It's right. interesting. Because he really has the AA meeting and the, you know, the mm-hmm. mentor down. Yeah. He has yeah. all of that language. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Danielle? Yeah, the it was having seen this movie so many times and then reading the book finally or listening to the audiobook, it was like I mean, so much more character driven. Like the the hotel feels like it not as much of a character or you know, it's like so much about this family and like their their problems without the hotel mm-hmm. <laughs> even. And then, like, it kind of feels like the the hotel is just sort of this, like, funhouse mirror of, like, Jack's alcoholism and the abuse and stuff. And so it kind of, you know, it's like the supernatural stuff is is woven in in a way that isn't, like, as horror spooky. It's like it's it's there, but it's it's like, you you know, the character is so much more that it's just a different, just Mm -hmm. different. And then, yeah, Dr. Sleep, it was like I... I really cruised through that fast. And I think it's because I, I did like the kind of redemption arc of, of Danny and like him recovering. And it was this kind of like, like his ability to shine. He had kind of suppressed that as he had thrown himself into drugs and stuff and, and, and drinking. And so it was like this, I mean, it wasn't lighthearted because <laughs> like no. a lot of awful stuff happens, but it kind of had more of a like, I don't know, like it felt prepared, propelled more to me. Like I, I, I was like, Oh, what's going to happen next? Like I wanted to see like what, what, where the characters were going and, you know, where they're like with, uh, yeah, the events that were happening was kind of like building up mm-hmm. to a climax where it felt more like the shining was like, Oh, this thing is just like falling apart. <laughs> like, you know, as it gets towards the end, it's just like this, Rube Goldberg contraption is just like gonna explode at some point and so it's kind of like a different a different pace for Mm -hmm. me as a reader yeah I think too like what I think about The Shining like and and Pet Cemetery too they're both like about like the horror of like what you are capable of doing like at your worst um and like even even though like you know, he knows that he shouldn't like murder his family. And he said that he's not going to do it. Like he can't like stop himself from doing it. And it's like Pet Cemetery is similar, but kind of like in an opposite way. But it seemed like that was kind of something that Stephen King was really like interested in exploring at that time, that kind of like self-destructive impulse. And, and then in something like more recent that he's written are more, yeah, like you said, like redemption stories. I think that's a cool thing about like reading an author like throughout their you know careers as you can see how how they change and like the stuff that happens in their life affects the writing that they do. So when I watched I watched the movie the other day and I'd never watched it before, but of course it's like really it's it's like really ingrained in our in our culture. Like obviously I've seen The Shinning, a Treehouse of Horrors <laughs> episode of The Simpsons, and um. You know, probably like a million little references to the movie that like I, you know, I knew what they were from the movie and stuff like that. And but like I said yesterday, 
I I was like disappointed in the movie. I I felt like I guess I thought sometimes when you like really see something in the culture a lot, and then you finally like watch it or read it, you're like, oh yeah, like now everything makes sense. But I felt like it didn't like give me more than like I had already gotten just from those references. If that makes sense. Yeah, and like the most memorable stuff in the book, I just I think they really should have included the wasps. That's the main thing that like I remember. <laughs> Is they yeah. thought the wasp nest was empty and then stung everybody up. I know they left. I mean, they left so much out, but yet, you know, they go immediately into the, you know, the cropping up of this horror of the hotel right. and, you know, the ghosts and everything appearing. And they don't spend a lot of time with, you know, you know, how the book is building, building things up again, because it's so, um, but yeah, some of those things that they that they left out, it seems like they could have. Yeah, and then like some of the stuff, like like the repeated Im- you know images, like the sisters, like they never do anything, mm-hmm. and then like the blood coming like out of the elevator mm-hmm. doesn't really do anything. Um, I don't know. I know this is Daniel's like favorite movie. Let's hear it. Yeah, I I mean I think a. And I mean, it is, it is totally like, it's so different when it's like you, you have a relationship with one thing and then Mm -hmm. you, you know, like visit the other thing. It's like, you know, people who have watched Game of Thrones and then read the books or people who read the books first and then watch, it's just like the conversations are hard to, to have because it's just a different, (laughs) it's just different experiences. And I think, I think a lot of the reason I like The Shining, the movie, so much is because I'm a very visual, aesthetic movie watcher. Because I was thinking, like, what are some of my favorite movies? It's like Brokeback Mountain, which, like, is one of my favorite movies. doesn't have, like, a very complicated plot, but it's, like, it's a beautifully shot film. Like, it just has, like, it's almost, like, painterly in its visuals. Or, like, I'm a very visual person, in in that in like my cinema and so like yeah it's it it does flatten the characters a lot and just gives you the this is where the horror story starts and then it's just going to end it mm-hmm. and i think watching it it's like that's kind of what i want out of a scary movie and i like ambiguous stuff And I like when it's like, if it's just visual, scary things, you know, when I go to a, I remember growing up, even going to hotels that like hadn't changed their carpet in a long time, walking down the hallway and being like, well, I hope I don't turn the corner and there's two (laughs) little twin girls. Yeah. And my my name is Daniel. And then be like, come play with us, Danny. And me just be like, well, I, what a nightmare. Yeah, I can see it having like that more of an effect if if you watch it when you're younger, um, for sure. I I saw it when I was probably around, I mean, it came out when I was 12 and I saw it. I didn't see it in the theater, but I did see it, you know, shortly after Mm -hmm. that. And so, you know, and I didn't read the book for years after that. So it was always, you know, and then watching it again, because even just that opening where it's those helicopter shots and it's this beautiful landscape but then you've got this creepy music so you know you know from the beginning that something bad is going to happen 
Yeah, kind of like the the opening really like I don't know if you all have seen the original Candyman, and that has like this weird like Philip Glass. It's like like the music is also just very like it's just strange and it, yeah, it's like I because when I, I like I saw the the um, the new It movie that came out. I didn't see the second part, but I saw the first part. And I just kind of was, I probably said this before, maybe even on this podcast, but it's just like, there's too much clown. Like you're giving me, <laughs> the more I see this clown, the more I'm just like, okay, well, like now I know you're a clown. I know what I'm dealing with. Like, it's not, it's once I, once I see it more and I kind of understand it, it's not as scary. It's a sort of, okay, like, well, that clown's going to come back. But when it's just mm-hmm. stuff that I don't know why it's happening or like, yeah, I'm just, that, that to me is like kind of scarier because I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it, it just like it, the way it's, the way it looks and the way how ambiguous that is, it is, I think for me just hits a lot of the it's like the scary stories books it's like you see those images and you're just like what mm. like i don't <laughs> like they're often scarier than the story them- yeah. themselves and it's just like yeah that that to me just it like hits that spooky bone uh perfectly for me yeah i think i might have uh found it yeah like scarier if i'd watched it when i was younger and i you know went through i think like a lot of teenagers do like a phase where just like watch horror movies all of the time but I don't know why we skipped this one in our like you know because we watched like the exorcist we had like a little tour of like the the classic horror movies and I remember like my friend fell asleep we were like in her basement like watching the rest of the exorcist like by myself in the middle of the night (laughs) (laughs) wake up (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah, but yeah, I think I think your point about just like what you want out of out of something is is probably why I didn't like the movie. And like, I don't love The Shining book. Like, I don't think it's like one of it's not my one of my favorite Stephen King books. And I don't, um, so I'm not like just really gung ho for it or anything like that. But I think to me, like the scary parts about it are like the character parts and the relationships. And I think like what was what was like almost immediately disappointing to me about the movie is I'm like, I don't believe that these people like love each other. Like, you know, what's scary about like your husband trying to kill you is that like, you thought that he loved you, right? Not it. And like, it's, that's never like a part of the movie. They never have like an okay relationship. There's not even like reference to them at one time, like being in love or him at one time being really devoted to his son. Um, he's just like always like a you know bad husband and father. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's there's not that like turn. And I was really disappointed with the the Dick Halloran portrayal in the movie too, because I think he came off kind of creepy in the movie when like you know he's supposed to be like uh you know Danny's friend who actually like you know, teaches him about the shining a little bit and ends up saving their lives, but also like not being instantly murdered as like the only, you know, person of color in the movie. I just was really, really disappointed in that mm-hmm. part. And then how, I mean, 
I guess the Shining movie is its own thing and it's separate from like the rest of the world. But like in, you know, Dr. Sleep, it's important that Danny has that relationship with him later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of what you said, I, I totally agree with. Um, and, you know, I do wonder about some of the changes that, you know, Kubrick made. I mean, why, you know, why is, why is Dick Halloran, you know, why is his end that way when it's not that way in the book? Um, and then even just little things like, um, I mean, it would have been nice to see uh, Watson played as the character in the book and not by, I mean, and I know those are just like, just these weird little, mm-hmm. you know, they were just little bit parts that, you know, were at the movie to kind of set it up. But um, even in the book, they had a little bit more depth, even if they weren't, you know, there. But and then, you know, why isn't the boiler? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, too, I you was know, thinking that about was creepy. <laughs> yeah. Then, like, the I kept waiting for this. The, the hotel just blow up at the end and it never did. And I think that <laughs> like it was probably like really limited by technology at the time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like the way that they had to do like the Tony thing with like his little finger talking and you yeah. could like actually like have him there and actually do his visions. I feel like probably they were constrained by like what a child actor was like expected to do at the time versus, I don't know. And that was, and that was really creepy at the time. I mean, we taught Severin when he was young and this would have been like, you know, many years after this movie to go up, you know, to my aunt or my mother and, you know, say red rub, red rub, <laughs> or, you know, what is it? Danny's not here. Quite <laughs> right near yeah. Mr. Mrs. Torrance. And that would just like, you know, she would lose her stuff mm. with that because it was such a, such a, um, yeah, very creepy. Yeah. Well, you know, there was something in the movie where I was talking about, like, oh, there's no references here that I didn't already get before. But there was actually one time when Danny says, I don't want to talk about Tony anymore. It's something that Daniel says. And I was like, oh, he says it from this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But he'll say whatever except Tony. something out of it yeah <laughs> you understand uh, daniel more yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i i get like it's just it's hard for me to when i when i'd seen the movie so many times and then read the book it's like the book is for me like the well it's, it's it almost is like the movie is the source material yeah. mm-hmm. and i read the book and i'm like i don't care about the wasp i don't care about him like <laughs> going back to boulder and calling Mr. Ullman and being like, I found this. I'm just like, none of this is scary. I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Get back to the hotel. Let's start yeah. going crazy. <laughs> um, and so, and, and yeah, it's just, it's like, it's, it's kind of funny that like you had this movie where like someone was making it who like didn't have to bow to any of Stephen King's, you know, it's like, well, thanks for the book, but I'll take it from there. <laughs> And now, like, I'm sure Stephen King gets a uh, say much further along in the process, but it's just yeah. like, like, I think yeah, if you want me, to, yeah, like he, he probably has enough pull. And so it's, I mean, movies just compromise 
on so many things. And like, even when like sleep, like he, the, the ending is just like very, very different in the movie. And it leans into steep to Stanley Kubrick's the shining more than the shining book. And so it's like, it's this weird, you know, like mixing of taking the movie sort of as the source material for the story of Dr. Sleep. And it, I get why they did it, and it kind of makes sense, but it's also, yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of, like, I guess it's kind of an acknowledgement that, like, the movie just blotted, like, eclipsed the book in a way where it just, like, synthesized, I guess, some of the those scary beats and stuff, but ter- changing the story so it wasn't so character-driven. And so that's, and so it just has this kind of weird like and and it yeah and it's got to be you know because there's a you know a lot of people that have seen the shining never read the book mm-hmm. never going to read you know doctor sleep but they're going to go see the movie because the sequel to the shining it's the sequel to yeah. the shining yeah. they are going <laughs> to expect to have continuity with the movie right yeah so there'd have to be just at least a nod to it yeah, it's it's funny too because it it's it, Caloran is like you know it's a different kind. It's just yeah, it's just a, a strange kind of like when someone takes your material like <laughs> makes something that becomes so much more relevant it in the pop culture, mm-hmm. and then if you decide to keep writing the story, and then that cut, it's just it's just kind of a funky existence. But yeah, I mean I I don't know I. I, I'm. I just like. Obviously, I'm at peace with what the movie The Shining is. And I don't like, <laughs> like reading the book is like okay. Like I get. Like I. I see the story now, and like I. I guess I just don't like question those decisions, and I agree with some of them, like the the lawn animal kind of stuff, and you know I just <laughs> like some of that. I just see how like yeah, that's just like it's. It's scarier to me to have someone like chopping through my door with an axe <laughs> than it is like <laughs> be chased with a rope mallet. Right. Um, and that and that scene is like so iconic. So it's kind of hard to be like, yeah, they the shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I also think like I guess she does have like a you know like a a moment where she like fights him and has to drag him into the um to the cupboard or whatever that is the pantry the locking pantry yeah but like it's weird for me to be like well you know the book is way more violent and the movie should have also been more violent because i don't like that's not normally something i would say (laughs) right (laughs) but the book is way more violent um like she almost is killed by by him and of course he couldn't do that with an axe because like he does with Halloran, mm-hmm. he just like kills him. Yeah. Yeah. But it is interesting. I wonder, cause you know, like the Stephen King didn't care for the movie when it came out. And I think he's had like kind of different feelings about it over the years. But like, I'd read that the thing that he really didn't like about it was the casting of Jack Nicholson. Like he thought that like it would, you know, give away the plot. <laughs> um, just having him there. Which it, you know, it does. Because, like, he's instantly creepy. And, but I wonder, too, how much of that is, like, like, he's, you know, that's, like, Stephen King sees himself in this character 
and and how like how much that is like I'm not like that creepy guy right. the way that he has like absolutely no redemption in the movie because like in the book there's the like the moment towards the end where Danny is able to be like dad snap out of it for a second and he's like he has like a moment like of lucidity where he's like run run away from me and then he goes down you know to to try to like save the hotel from being like destroyed by the boiler exploding and they that's like a, a story that they tell themselves like later in the end of this book and the beginning of dr sleep about like how they could you know like uh how he could like live with having had like a father like that and to like make sense of that experience a little bit more um that's definitely like not what happens in the movie he's no he has no like moment of redemption nor is he ever like okay to begin with so I guess I could kind of see if you wrote this character and you're like, this is based off of me and my worst thoughts and impulses. Be like, and then the movie makes you like even worse. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that is, that is interesting. And it's like, you know, like with, especially, I mean, a movie probably filmed in 1979 mostly. And like, you know, how it may have been like, <laughs> well, we'll make this movie, but you have to have Jack Nichol, you know, like, you have to put a big name and then it's just like, well, you know, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> but like, yeah, it is, it's, it's hard. It's hard to like start that movie and not just be like, Oh, Jack Nicholson is like, <laughs> he's ready to snap right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're taking a, a jerk and turning them into just like a murderous jerk. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> I did. I was looking at some before I watched it. I was looking at some like trivia stuff, you know, like and I guess there were like they had different endings in mind, and so it did seem like they how it went down with like Halloran coming at the end and the one dying and like all of that was kind of like not necessarily like part of a grand design from the start it was sort of a like well <laughs> i don't want to blow up the hotel so how do we do this yeah then, well we we should probably kill someone to raise the stakes at the end and then they're like well we don't really want to kill the mom and we don't want to kill danny <laughs> and so like it, it did it did seem like yeah some of the stuff that is kind of funky it almost seems was just sort of we just have to make a decision <laughs> yeah but, like, but also I don't know too like the visual for me from the book of like of Jack like realizing you know like that he's almost going to kill his son and like turning that roke mallet like on himself is pretty gruesome like it is but yeah like if they were going to do those like hedge animals like I guess they would have had to make like puppets <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, like, it wouldn't have been Muppet style. <laughs> yeah, it would have been definitely like a, you know. Yeah, that would have been hard. Jim to Henson's. Do. I mean, I can I can imagine like you can like reading it from from Danny's perspective, you know, when he's out in that playground by himself and he gets, you know, goes down into the uh, what is it? The little cement tube or something mm -hmm. and like all of that. As you read it, I mean, Dan Daniel doesn't think it's scary, but no, it like gives these, you like a sense these, of like claustrophobia, right? 
Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, looking, because you're looking at these things, but then you do wonder, you know, at that point, like, or that time, how they would have been able to film that and make that effectively scary. Mm -hmm. So I can, I can, I guess, you know, and plus that movie wouldn't be the same without that maze. Yeah, I I was about to say that the maze, I think the reason I like it is because I, I've definitely had dreams where like scary things are chasing me. And I don't, I don't know where I'm going and I don't know, turn a corner and like, maybe I was in my own house and then suddenly like, wait, where am I? Like, how do I evade this thing? And that, that maze of some, a guy with an ax is chasing me and I'm like (laughs) trying to outrun it. Run. I think that, that kind of, that, that fear kind of hits me. And then I do like, I don't know. I just love, I love the ending that, that shot slowly going in on the picture and then you see Jack, <laughs> like, in this old phone. And it's mm-hmm. it's one of those weird, wait, so he was there the whole time? You know, it's like one of those weird, ambiguous things that I like of, mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, that. <laughs> so he was a ghost? He Yeah. That ending is interesting. And honestly, like, I did, like, I found that, like, compelling. And also kind of, like, you know, in the book, the hotel explodes, the end, you know, like they say, well, kind of the end, then there's Dr. Sleep. But, um, you know, like they say, like, he could see, like, the black, like, cloud of, like, evil, like, coming out of the hotel, like, as it, like, bursts into flames. Um, but, like, in the end of the movie, it's almost like a promise of, like, this is going to happen over and over again. And that's pretty scary. Um, so I didn't uh, watch the documentary that you guys watched, but do you want to talk about it? room 237 yeah that was an interesting one i don't know that it was necessarily a doc i mean it wasn't like about the making of the movie but it was how many people because you never see the people that they're talking to so it's several different people and they're talking about the movie and what they think it means and why kubrick did what he did and some of them had read the book and were disappointed at first when they saw the movie and others, you know, never read the book and just saw the movie. And, and um, but all of them seem to have like a different theory about what the movie was actually about. And so that was interesting. And some of them are some of the stories are kind of way, way out there. Yeah, I watched like a clip of somebody's like, you know, YouTube video analysis of, of and they were talking about like this movie is like about sexual abuse, um, which was like. I don't know. Part of it is like to really break it down like that. You really have to like think a lot about it. I really, like I kind of stopped watching it. It was too much for me, you know? And, and they did. And, and, you know, and a lot of them were saying, you know, Kubrick never put anything in a shot without a reason. Mm-hmm. And so then they're looking at all of this stuff. So one of them said it, it was about um, genocide of, of native Americans and, Another one said that it was about the Holocaust. Um, one was it was about the moon landing, Apollo yeah. 11. Yeah. It was supposed to be the whole thing is this Kubrick admitting he helped them fake the moon landing. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the guy that was talking about that, he, he said, he says, I, you know, I, I believe that we went to the moon. I just don't think that what we saw was real. And that it was actually filmed somewhere on a lot, and Kubrick was involved with that. 
And there's like all these little clues, but one of them was in that scene where where Danny goes into room 237, he's wearing an Apollo 11 sweater. Mm -hmm. And that room 237, because then they had this big thing about like, why is it room 237 and it's not room 217? And 237, it had something to do with like the, the studio where the moon footage was shot, but it was also had to do with the distance of the from the Earth to the Moon at that point had been measured at two hundred thirty-seven thousand miles, and but I, that, <laughs> and so it was all this whole thing. Like Kubrick couldn't say anything, and therefore this was his way of you know saying this is what he did, and that it still weighed heavily on his conscience. But I had read that they changed it to two thirty-seven because Timberline Lodge had requested that they use a room number that they didn't actually have in the lodge. Right, but that guy <laughs> said that they didn't have a 217 in the lodge. Uh, I mean, I guess... I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I think that, that, that movie is kind of like... I mean, it's probably at least eight years old. Um, so, you know, it, it, kinda, it I mean, it certainly predated this, the like culture now of conspiracies and like right. you know am, amateur internet sleuths and like people trying to parse things for clues and those becoming dangerous <laughs> yeah. parts of the yeah. the public uh sphere but so it like it it kind of when it came out at least i i felt had it just had it had this kind of niche like these were obsessive people because the shining is one of the first big hit uh, VHS movies. Like it, it just kind of came out at the right time and it really, it didn't, it's not like it did really well in movie theaters, but then it did really well as a um, something you could rent like a VHS. Mm -hmm. And so people were just watching it over and over and over. And that's when they were like noticing yeah. these things and being like, Oh, I'm, why did he do this? And I, it's like when you marry this sort of someone who's kind of known as like a, yeah, like a perfectionist cares about how every single shot looks. And then you start to be like, well, that must mean that he's <laughs> putting in these <laughs> subliminal things. And like all the people that were on the movie were just like, no, like a lot of these are continuity errors or just, you know, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> they're, yeah, he's he's obsessive about getting the shot right, but he wasn't planning. It was just to make the shot look right. <laughs> So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a weird looking back on it. It's like, oh, now we're seeing that kind of conspiracy, obsessive, reaching, you know, like like you were just over like, analysis. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. you give a very Occam's race. Yeah, this is why they changed the number. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, no, like we'll dismiss that out of hand. It's like, well, <laughs> that's yeah, the right. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'd read also too, like the lodge was really concerned like that people would be afraid, even though like you walk in a Timberline Lodge, it's like obviously the interior is not anything like the interior sets that they use for the movie, but they were concerned that people wouldn't want to stay there, but really kind of almost the opposite has been true is like people call and like request that room and, <laughs> or they'll request 217, which I think they do have. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I they like should them. if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I guess uh with just throwing it over to Dr. Sleep. Like that it was I thought it was a 
a fun book and a fun movie, but I don't know if it'll be like one of my, cause the shining is kind of one of my, like, like Halloween movies, you right. know, like, okay, it's October. I want to watch some of these scary movies that I hit every year. And that's, it's in the rotation, but I don't think Dr. Sleep, I might watch it again sometime, but like, it was just kind of a fun romp, but I, I did like, I, I would probably read the book again before I watched the movie again. I, I did like the book more, but it was, yeah, it was, it was and they have like <laughs> Elliot from E.T. plays Jack Nicholson's character <laughs> in Weird. Doctor Sleep. And it and they like, since you don't care about spoilers, I'll just spoil this. And it's okay. not like it really is a shocker. It, it's just kind of strange that like at the very end, uh, when Ewan McGregor, who plays Danny goes back to the overlook he goes into the gold room and elliot from et i can't think of the actor's name but he's like he's dressed up like he's you know he has like the sideburns and like the weird like kind of (laughs) slick back like jack nicholson haircut and he's being lloyd the bartender so so he's kind of like treating danny like he's Mm -hmm. Jack from the first movie and so he like you know he's trying to get him to drink and so it like just kind of it, like already you're just like oh that's weird like another guy is playing Jack Nicholson and like <laughs> I don't know that like that was kind of weird um, but he'd have I mean yeah you kind of have to because your Danny's le- recollection of his dad is not going to look like Jack Nicholson now <laughs> <laughs> They could have done that that Star Wars uh, fake face technology. Yeah. I hear that's very expensive, though. Yeah, have like a Tom Hanks in the Polar Express. <laughs> Not that bad. I think oh. it's like, yeah, the Uncanny Valley isn't isn't, isn't as bad as like Polar Express, but it is, is still. Henry, is that Henry Thomas? The kid plays the kid. Maybe. Yeah, cause, and he's been doing some horror stuff. He's in um, uh, Netflix series. The it's now it's an anthology series, but the um, Haunting of Hill House and the Haunting oh, yeah, of Blind you're watching Manor. That. Oh yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, he's in that doing some scary stuff. Are those good? I really like them, and and okay. there are things like you don't know what's going on it's a ghost story more especially for well they're both but the first one especially is a ghost story and you don't know what's going on in there so you might you might like it i think it sounds right up my alley yeah yeah (laughs) is it like uh you know they've made like a bunch of different like movie adaptations and stuff of haunting at hill house remember the one like that came out in the night, like late nineties. It's like Captain yeah. Zeta Jones. That was yeah. like my like horror movie peak. Yeah. No, this is nothing good. It's not like that, but there's you know there's Hill House. Yeah. It's. I mean, I remember it. it being good. I don't know. I don't. I feel like um, maybe Scary Movie Three is really like spoofing on that one. That sounds right. I do. Uh, yeah, I do. I will say too, like if it's that kind of campy, but still like being like serious about it, 
that I I love that too. That's like yeah, yeah. and this really isn't <laughs> no too campy. No, it's more it's pretty dark. <laughs> oh okay, that yeah I think I would like that. Do you have That's to watch? What... Are they? Do you have to watch them like? It's a house it... one, and then. No, no, because I I had no idea what they were going to do when the second series came out. And so they're totally, they're separate. They're kind of doing um, the American Horror Story thing where they're using same actors a little bit, not all of them, but a few of the same actors come back and are playing totally different characters. But um, it's it's nothing like American Horror Story other than that. (laughs) Daniel, did you ever, you have you ended up watching that? Shining miniseries? I haven't watched it yet. And none of it, okay. Because <laughs> that, they, uh, like, I don't know anything about that except for that they filmed at the actual, like, hotel, right? In Essex Park that yeah. Stephen King based the Overlook on. Oh. Um, and I've seen that hotel, you know, at the place where I've it's like, to that hotel. The, sh- the Shining here. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because you, I mean, it's it's old and you can definitely tell, like, oh, I bet, yeah, it was scary to stay here. And then they're selling like all these knockoff shining, th- like you know, pictures of just like the back of someone holding an axe, where it's like <laughs> this isn't, you know, this could be anyone, but like <laughs> they're suspiciously dressed like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Did you stay there in room two seventeen? We just, I was actually there for a uh, Highlander festival. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, it's like almost like a medieval kind of Scottish festival uh-huh. thing. And we just were like, well, while we're in the area, let's go check this place out. And it was like, I think it was in the summer or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just kind of walked around and like looked at stuff. And it's really pretty up there, like especially in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then like looked at the gift shop and um, just kind of looked around. And, you know, it's like. Everyone has their little piece of the pie of like, well, we were the inspiration. <laughs> like, well, well, they we filmed the exterior that. shots here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I had a friend who was living in Estes Park for a while and I like went and visited her once and it was like in May. And that's why I didn't like know it was there until I was like, oh, and this is like the Shining Hotel. And I was like, well, no, but we have the Shining Hotel. <laughs> Where I'm <Yeah>. from. <laughs> I just I feel like the same thing where it's like every college says that like Animal House is like based off of their like frat row. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's called the Stanley Hotel. I just looked it up. So oh, okay. Should be I should have remembered that since Stanley Kubrick. But yeah. Whoa. Whoa. What's that mean? I was looking on IMDb and like I said I don't know where my phone went uh, the, the other day and I was like. I was just looking to see, like, you know, what Stephen King's, but it says he had, I think it was over 500 writing credits. It's just, like, really incredible. I think I was trying to think of, like, what's my favorite Stephen King movie? It's, like, impossible. There's so many. One that I really, really remember, is like, I watched it in middle school, was, like, Graveyard Shift. And I think that's based off of a Stephen King story, where it's, like, the rats come, and, like, the guy oh. gets, like, ground up in the, in, like, the you know like cotton thing yeah and then they're like all the rats come out it's disgusting (laughs) yeah we watched i remember the slumber party we watched that movie for some reason and silence of the lambs (laughs) we were like 11 (laughs) 
it's hard. Like, I really like Shawshank Redemption. And it's like, it's, it's wild that he can do, like, yeah, just write, like, right. these Did different guys... stories, like Stand By Me or whatever. Um, the Hulu, the Hulu series. Castle Rock? Yeah, Castle Rock. Did I never watch watched those? that. Uh-uh. I watched the Hulu series of eleven twenty two sixty three, which is like Camp Fest, James Franco being his soap opera best. Uh, but I haven't watched Castle Rock. Yeah, Castle Rock's interesting because it's not a Stephen King story, but it's set in the Stephen King universe. So there's there's various various characters from his different stories that come in and the seasons. I think there's two seasons, and so they're kind of center on different different characters and so the last character the last season was around um to annie wilt yeah your number one fan yeah annie yeah so the story centers around her but it has nothing to do with yeah and I, I, um, I never saw misery or read the book i did both i was thinking what if i like carrie i never saw new carrie like what's the point of making new carrie i never saw um, new carrie but like I like the old movie, and I think I saw the movie before I read the book. But those that's very close, and I think those was both his first book and the first movie that they made based off of one of his books. But it's really like a tight, you know, over the years. Uh, Stephen King's just like, well, you know, whatever. This book is going to be fifteen hundred pages long. Um, but like, Carrie is such like a tight story. It seems like probably pretty easy to adopt as a as a movie christine yeah i never did christine or cujo cujo my mom was very scared of cujo yeah Yeah. i bet that's one of those like the birds you know it's like there's a certain people that (laughs) that's gonna really scare my (laughs) mother it was psycho she would never (laughs) apparently that's why she prefers baths oh no (laughs) I think she probably saw it when she was a teenager, so that was her, you know, the movie that mm-hmm. creeped her out. Really tormented in the bathrooms from movies. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> Freddy Krueger's hand coming up through the drain. or Well, you're like, just so oh. vulnerable in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a scary place to be if something bad's going to happen to you. In the bath, on the toilet, in the shower. <laughs> Even too, just like, uh, you, and you know, they play play this in The Shining, both the book and the movie. You know, like the drawing back of like the shower oh. curtain and like what's back there, and you know, like even as like a kid or an adult, you know, not even having those like references in like horror, but always being like, no, I'll just peek back here, like make sure there's nobody in there. <laughs> Look under the bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think too. Uh, part of the stuff that I think that in The Shining, the book, the parts that I liked best were all of the parts that are in Danny's perspective. And, you know, like him being afraid of like the fire hose isn't like scary as an adult. But like I remember like being a kid and like you getting up and then I go to the bathroom and everything like looks different and it's dark and you're like, you know, afraid of just regular stuff. And I think he does a good job of kind of, like, putting you back in those, like, kids' shoes of being afraid of weird stuff like that. Yeah, that, uh, the, the 
the ball bouncing scene was always something that like he's like playing with his cars and yeah the he's ball like driving the rug. In, yeah in the pattern yeah. of the rug which is definitely yeah, yeah. that that kind of like something weird happens your parents aren't around and it's like i should i be freaked out right now like <laughs> i was playing <laughs> Another thing I kept thinking when I was reading the book was, like, the parts that felt really dated about it. Like, even, like, right at the beginning, like, so Danny is, like, four at the beginning of the book, right? And he's, like, playing on the curb in front of their house. And she's like, I'm going to go in and take a nap. You know, I guess you're just going to wait out here for several hours for your father to come home, like, on in the street. That would have uh, been my childhood. I, know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and seriously, Danny on his big wheel. Like, my brother uh-huh. had a big wheel in the 70s and he would like take off and disappear for hours we you know Uh my mom didn't know where we were the only time we got in trouble is if we weren't down back by like you know dinner time or sundown Mm -hmm. or whatever but I remember I mean we got into all I mean we were all over the place yeah and so it was a it was a different time Uh yeah and then there's like lots of references in the book like little racist like you know phrases Mm -hmm. or like really dated references like mental health issues and and stuff like that where I'm like Ugh. you know there's definitely parts that don't age well but it does like really firmly put it in like a specific period of time too yeah also, <laughs> watching the movie so like I never just like you know and I had I haven't seen the movie in a long time but I used to like we saw it so many times when I was a kid probably because it was you know on VHS and I remember we got a VHS in the 80s, and, um, and so me being an adult, a responsible adult, uh, watching The Shining, like, he's rolling his big wheel across those wooden floors, <laughs> and I'm thinking, somebody, I mean, somebody's going to notice, like, all those stuff marks on the floor, <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> this is what it means to be an adult. <laughs> You're like... <laughs> scratch those nice hardwood well especially in the book because like Ullman was so you know this is his baby and you know you're gonna like keep all this stuff clean and (laughs) riding our you know our big wheel and throwing the ball against the art you know the wall in the whatever room he's using the Colorado room Mm -hmm. so just you know like great that's where my brain went (laughs) That's the real horror. I definitely thought that too when he's like throwing the ball against the wall. I'm like, what? What are you doing? He's going crazy. <laughs> he's going crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking this is the first time I had this thought watching it when they're they're like out in one of the rooms and they're watching TV and he's like, can I go get my red fryer truck or something? And I was, I was like, man, what an old TV that is. Like, that thing is like, terrible reception. <laughs> yeah, why do they have, like, reception up there, though? If they can't, like, it's stormy and they can't get, like, I guess, like, I didn't know how TVs work. But that TV doesn't even look like it's plugged in. It's just a ghost TV, maybe. And they're watching, like, the summer of 42 or something, which is, like, this... One of those May. I don't How know. does that relate to the moon landing? I have no oh. idea. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, there's so much. 
like I'm kind of interested in watching that mini series because I think I just like to see how they try to like cram all of the stuff into it. But there's so many like little parts. Like it wouldn't make sense to try to put like his you know play into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does like you know put you in his state of mind more. Um, I was also thinking that there's like a lot of Stephen King like does a lot with like car crashes like or like car crashes or like cars like running things over or like the memory of having run something over maybe like that's obviously like the main turning point in pet cemetery um but it also is like something that he keeps thinking of over and over again and it is weird if you get into like the stephen king stuff like about him as an author and like dark tower and stuff where he has this preoccupation with like being run over and cars hitting stuff and then you know like in his middle age he gets hit was by a car on a walk yeah. and he almost died yeah yeah like, when was that 99 i think so uh there yeah there is also this whole and he's contributed to himself by like writing himself as a character into this fantasy series too but a whole like mythology like around himself as like a writer and a person that's funny it's interesting like he's premonitions about himself that is really bizarre Uh (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i'll uh i'll bring that miniseries in that the the main reason i haven't watched this because i know it's three discs and like five hours long (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um but i'm sure yeah it's much more beat for beat what the book is and then just probably kind of ridiculous like i've seen some of the images of when he like because even the book it like he kind of jack kind of transforms a little bit like it mentions him like looking different so i think that they kind of leaned into that so steven weaver running around when was that made with this rope melon Um, you guys guys ever played rope (laughs) I looked it up. I and it, it's I like a giant. It, it looks like a giant like pool table, right? Because it has like bumpers or whatever. I don't know what things are called, but so but it's can, a like, lawn. Yeah, but it's a lawn with like an edge. Yeah, okay. like a pool it's table. It's from 1997. Okay, so 1997. Um, special effects weren't great. Uh, when was the Mummy made? The first, the first mummy is ninety nine. So and and they made for TV miniseries. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, see It'll be like they... bumps level special effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I am going to watch it too. So yeah, I I will do that. Um, I just haven't yet. So I'm curious but, to see what you think. Yeah. So what other, uh, like, Halloween movies and stuff do you guys watch? Halloween. Okay. Um, the original? Yeah, the original, which is another, like, music. The music is so, like, such a big part of that. I like to watch uh, Dracula. Um, sometimes go back, watch, like, one of, you know, the <laughs> weird, <laughs> dumb Draculas. Or even like a Bram Stoker's the Keanu Battle Dracula. Um, I I'd like to try and watch like Are You Afraid in the, of the Dark and stuff, but that's that can be hard to find. Like I think there's some TV rights issues that mm-hmm. they were going to do something 
where they like re-released it or they made new episodes or but I haven't seen anything about that recently. The thing with Kurt the Kurt Russell the thing. That's one of my favorites. It's really like I really kind of, this is when I miss like TV picking, you know, just them being like here's a fright night. I don't have to choose. <laughs> yeah, you can always go to, like, you know, if you go into Hulu, they have, like, the little curated lists for you and just, like, pick whatever's at the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll do that this year. Um, There was a few years ago where I was, like, going to watch, like, these movies on this, like, list of best horror movies. And, like, The Mist is on that list, which probably is a Stephen King. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Um, so I thought I was watching that on Netflix, but actually what I was watching was The Fog, which is terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it has, like, you know, like, actors I recognize. Like, who's in it? Like, uh, like the guy from Smallville, I think, was in it. And maybe somebody like Nev Campbell, like, maybe somebody, like, who's done a lot of horror movies. But I was like, this isn't good. <laughs> this isn't the best horror movie. Oh, it's the wrong one. <laughs> but, you know, like the fog rolls in and scary stuff happens. It's the similar. Yeah. Concept. It'd be just as scary as the mist. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jennifer, do you have, like, Halloween movies that you watch? Yeah, I've been trying to think of things. So we always watch, like, we have a collection of the um, Treehouse of Horror there's also a SpongeBob collection. My favorite one is Frankendoodle. When he finds this magic pencil and he draws himself and it becomes, you know, an evil version of SpongeBob. It's the best. And we end up watching Something Wicked This Way Comes, which is uh, like Jonathan Price plays the... Uh, does he have a name? Yeah. Anyway, you know, it's Ray Bradbury, mm-hmm. old, um, who else is in it? Jason Robard, I think. Anyway, that's a good one. The Others. And we watch that one sometimes. Just, you know, another another ghosty one. I like The Others. Um, uh-huh. And it's not, it's not a scary one, but it is Halloween, Donnie Darko, The Ring. And I do like the remake better than... The original review, yeah. I don't know. I've um, never seen the original. Well, because I saw I saw the ring first, and it's filmed in the in the northwest, and it's suitably creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty creepy here. Yeah, actually, this time oh, of I year. like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of horror stuff that takes place here. In the woods, it's raining, stark. And what's that one? It's the two guys, the two hillbilly guys. Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of these movies you guys are talking about. Like, for me, it's like, oh, maybe I'll watch, you know, like, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never seen Halloween Town. Feels you like know, I, I have not seen Halloween Town, and my husband is actually an extra in there. You can actually see him. Yeah, and, then, and St. Helens. I mean, that's it was filmed in St. Helens, so we should all, I guess, see it. Um, Halloween, but St. Helens, like, and and there's like a month long celebration yeah. every year in 
St. Helens. Even this, this year. This movie. Yeah, even this year. So, you know, um, every Saturday in October. But Halloween Town, I believe, is on Disney Plus along with Halloween Town 2. So, no excuses. Although, I was thinking of, like, well, because I still I have the, the Disney thing um, of watching, like, Treehouse of Horror uh, episodes. I feel like is this a good time to be like, what scary movies haven't I seen that I should watch? You know, it's just like, this is a good, like, I haven't seen the others, but I know that that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I really like, that's kind of like the kind of scary movie that I really like, where it's not like uh, gory, because I don't like the gore stuff but i like like the spooky like ghosts the you know stuff that's like a twist um so if you have like more stuff like that just let me know yeah i'm uh i feel i haven't watched the blair witch project in a very long time oh boy like, yeah i saw that visit that one <laughs> yeah Oh, yeah, and I watched something on Netflix. Was it The Ritual, which was sort of a, you know, a camping, you know, a bunch of guys Mm. go on a hiking trip. And then that leads me into something else that I saw. Oh, Heredity. Oh, is that good? Is it Heredity or Hereditary? Hereditary. That's hereditary. That, uh, that's one that I like. Thought I might be interested in watching. <laughs> There's a few where I'm like, maybe I'll watch that someday, and it's no good. It's it's <laughs> it, it is it is scary. It is creepy. It's not what I was expecting. Okay, at all. Creepy is good in my book. Yeah. Or yeah. what about something you like, haven't seen it? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh man. What about something like Ma? Did you ever see that? Is that like campy? <laughs> like that seems like Ma? Yeah. I didn't see it. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about, but I didn't see it. Uh you know, Ma gets mad at everybody, right? She kills him? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I thought it was like she was luring teens. Oh, yeah. To party with her and then she would kill them or something. Who is it? It's uh Yeah, it's no. Octavia Spencer is Ma. Octavia Spencer. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And you know, she usually plays like a nice person. Yeah. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. Did you ever watch your scary alligator movie? The Crawl? Yeah. I did and it was excellent. Wow. All right. Uh, yeah. It was, I, you know, I thought it was pretty fun. It's really, like, you know, close quarters, you know, 90-minute-long movie where it's just, like, she's trying to save her dad from being trapped in the basement during the hurricane, and the alligators want to eat them for some reason. Yeah, it's never explained, like, why the alligators are so, like, intent on killing them. It's like a shark, you know, it's, like, has a personal grudge against you in a shark movie. Yeah. It never loses interest. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked it. I don't know. I, it was it was silly, um, like a little bit suspenseful, but it never, you know, like 
also like kind of ends well you know she survives the dog doesn't die which is important um, <laughs> I thought of another one what? Troll Hunter I don't know that it's a Norwegian film oh it's like scary trolls <laughs> it's <laughs> but there's there's a little bit there's like it's so it's like people you know they're like these troll hunters it's like ghost hunters they're going out with their cameras and they're gonna go you know it's like okay there's these trolls they you know but um but these are scary scary trolls <laughs> and it's a um you know it's a handheld cam thing so it's a lot oh, you know, it's like got Blair the Blair Witchy. Witch thing going so um I had I had um heard about this we went to a theater in portland to see it and i loved it so much that i needed to take my son to it because he loved trolls <laughs> but he could not handle that camera the oh did it yeah. make him like seasick yes, yes yeah very so <laughs> we had to we had to leave that one but we have it on video which is it's much better but um it's it's funny, but it's also scary because they made these you know gigantic, gigantic. Because there's a scene that they're um, trying to lure these bridge trolls, and so they've got a goat <laughs> up on the you know. Anyway, that's silly. It is. Well, thanks thanks for coming on today, you guys, and talking about The Shining. Um, do you have anything any any final thoughts? Would you recommend The Shining? Definitely, yeah. The book and the movie? Yes. <laughs> Daniel? But maybe maybe watch the movie first. Okay. It is interesting. There are some, I don't know if I can think of any right now, some movie book combos where it's like, yeah, watch the movie first. Or try Usually to when... at least separate them. You can, yeah. They're, they're, a different, they're a different thing. Yeah, I, I I feel like it. Either way, if you're into the horror genre or you like scary books or scary movies, they're both worth watching for just just to have like I mean they're pretty. They'll tell you a lot about how the genre itself and where mm-hmm. it's gone, and like you can you can get something out of it even if you don't like it. You can take away something from it that's kind of valuable about the genre or you, you may, you may like it, but yeah, they're really like, you can, you can watch the movie and read the book and appreciate them for different things or dislike them for different things. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I read it like that. I'm glad that I did that and it didn't take away anything from my, how I like the movie. And I don't know if I'll read it again, but I'm, I'm glad I did it. I've read it at least that one time. So and then Doctor Sleep, I can <laughs> fun, fun to read. The movie's fine, so yeah, that's that. That one is just sort of a like, yeah, you can just kind of burn through it. It's just kind of a like a, a, a kind of a cool story, and like if you like those characters, it's it's fun to be with uh, old Danny Torrance for a little bit and hang out with him as an adult and meet Abra and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. And the cat. Yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> significant cat character. Yeah. What's the cat's name? Azzy. Azzy, yeah. Azzy, yeah. So next time on Your Show for Mine, I'm going to be talking with um, some members of our local city council about books, about voting. So I have some 
some more reading to do on that end. I have a couple of kids books to read and a grown up book and then um, they're all talking about their own thing. So we'll have like a, a wide selection of things that we're talking about next time. Thanks for being here, you guys, doing the three-person thing. <laughs> um, and thanks to everybody to listening to your show. Or mine. Or mine. <laughs> I'm Becky. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Daniel. <laughs> Bye. 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 Studio time for Your Shelf or Mine is donated by KLOG, Cooking Country, and 101.5 The Wave. We at the Longview Public Library thank our local stations for their ongoing support. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by Megan McKeldry from A Song for You. Find Megan on Facebook or Twitter at Meg McKeldry or online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldry. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldry. Hidden figures. Hidden figures. Hidden numbers. <laughs> oh, that's getting edited out. <laughs>